I would like to speak at this time a little about the specifics of the meditation practice and the uh, what we would be suggesting as a helpful orientation in this regard, as well as the particulars of the say more technical aspects of meditation. We're here together in a situation a little different from the ordinary, perhaps. And maybe for some people this is ordinary, but probably not for most of us. And it's something of a transition that's being invited, or that we're entering into, to come more fully into contact with the immediacy, the truth of our experience. That the understanding and in a way the foundational premise of insight meditation is that our lives, the qualitative experience of our lives is profoundly affected and most directly transformed by taking care of the way we meet our life and our experience moment by moment rather than by trying to organize, control or manipulate what it is that's happening whether that be external situations, conditions and experience or internal conditions, experiences so the, the primary orientation of the practice is towards this capacity we have to meet consciously to meet with sensitivity what's happening right here And whatever situation or experience we find ourselves in, whether in this formal meditation or any other time in the day, it's always possible to simply remember that we're here and to be interested to notice what's happening right now. To not be approaching our experience from some preconceived idea of how it should be or what I want it to be but more like what is it? what's happening? what's actually going on? and not in an intellectual way of trying to figure it out or think it through or analyse it but more allow it to touch us allow ourselves to feel it to be affected by what's happening and in that way we can start to understand the process in which our experience of the world and our experience of ourself is configured or conditioned by the ways in which we respond or react to it, to whatever's happening. So... Essentially, we're interested in what it means to be awake, to be conscious of what's happening right here, being aware of how easily we can spend our days, perhaps our lives, somewhat unconsciously driven by habits and patterns of reactivity or demands and responsibilities. And right here, there aren't too many demands or responsibilities so that tends to 
hopefully begin to soften a little bit as a, as a driver of our experience. But we still notice our inner tendencies, reactivities, tendencies to kind of want to become drawn into stories about the past and the future. It can be very attractive, compelling even, sometimes useful. We can learn from reflecting on the past. And sometimes in reflecting on the future, we can appropriately prepare ourselves to, to meet things that may come. And yet, we can also easily be lost in those worlds of past, in reminiscences or regrets, and lost in the world of future in hopes and fear, in planning, anticipation, excitement and anxiety about what may and yet equally may not come. So here, what we have is this moment. What we have is our life right now. And this is what we use. This is the entry place. This is the gateway to the deepening of our lives, to the opening of our hearts, to the freeing of our lives. And it's quite simple. It's very immediate. And it's not at all necessarily easy to be here. So what's useful and important initially is to simplify the situation. We spoke a little last night about just simplifying the outer environment. Letting go of the world of speaking, of reading, of writing, of sort of our various communications systems and devices. Letting all that go. We have some empty space. And internally, equally simplifying. Giving ourselves some space. By just for now choosing to give our primary focus to what's most immediate. And what's most immediate in the situation that's happening right now as we're sitting here is the felt sense of our body sitting here. And the fact that this body is breathing. It's the primary thing that's happening. If someone walked into the room and looked in here what they, that's, and you asked them what's happening, they'd probably say, well, it's a whole bunch of people sitting there. Well, yeah, that's what's happening. And of course, you know, the breathing is maybe a subtle aspect of that, but an essential one, because if we weren't breathing, we wouldn't be sitting upright very long and uh, we wouldn't be here that long either. We can sometimes take this experience of embodied life, of a body which can sit and breathing which brings vitality and life, sustains the life that's happening. We can easily take it for granted and yet it isn't forever. This experience of being alive. And yet it is now, it is here. So in turning to the immediacy of our life, we're not looking for something esoteric or somehow, you know, in some unusually way more spiritual or, or sort of cosmic or I don't know what other way we might conceive that. It's, it's actually very simple. It's like, ah, oh, this. This that's happening now. Of course, we're used to something a bit more entertaining, stimulating, complicated or engaging than just the simplicity of sitting here knowing that we're here, that our body feels however it is that our body, your body, my body, however it is that that feels while we're sitting here. 
and the fact that this body is breathing. We're used to something more stimulating, entertaining often than that. So it takes a little time to attune ourselves to this, to settle in to this, and to be patient with yourself in this journey. It's not that you're supposed to get it done all at once, but as we turn towards or we orient in a certain way, and then we can travel in that direction, and we don't need to measure how far we travel or how fast we are traveling. What's important is that we've taken a certain direction that can serve in the deepening of our well-being. And so in, in just simplifying, it allows us to begin to calm down. It allows us to not be caught in so many often divergent or conflicting pressures and drives and pulls that we can experience internally as quite... Uh, activating or agitating or stressful or just painful. So a certain simplifying process and just taking this body sitting here breathing as the the place we will orient towards. And in that not rejecting the other experiences that arise because our mind will still generate thoughts. There will be sounds. The sound of my voice right now, for sure. And other sounds too. There will be things we'll feel in our body that might be pleasurable or uncomfortable at times. There may be feelings or images that arise for us. All of that is part of the field of human experience and ultimately part of the, the territory of meditation. So not rejecting such experiences if they arise, but making a conscious choice initially to not pursue them, to not try and pick them up or do anything with them. So we're creating a simplified space in which our orientation is not towards, towards analysing what's happening or towards fixing or changing what's happening, but more towards meeting what's happening, opening to what's happening and being interested in a not a sort of intellectual analytical interest but interested in the sense of willing to really come close to this and see what does it mean for me to be alive to be awake to be here right now and the answer isn't a a dissertation but it's a oh it's like this huh right now actually actually it's a little bit warm this is a little bit surprising, I notice, because actually it's not my normal association with the Guy House Meditation Hall. So I'm probably wearing slightly more than I need to be. I just notice that. We had a massive um, sort of uh, amount of work just done on the heating in this house, and it's uh, warmer. How nice. So I just noticed that. It's just part of what's here now. You may notice something similar or different. But it's just that simplicity. Okay, and so this is what it feels like, the body sitting here breathing when it's warm. Okay, it's like this. So there's a certain calming that comes from the simplifying. From not resisting or rejecting experience, and yet being able to make a conscious choice of orientation and connection to something immediate, something organic, 
this body sitting, breathing, we don't have to do it. It's doing itself. It's here. We kind of support it by having the intention to have come, to sit down, to take a supportive posture, and then kind of just does its own thing, and we can connect with that. We can use that as a support for the heart and mind to wake up more fully, more deeply, moment by moment. And if things arise that are difficult, that we find it not easy to experience or to meet, whether it be physical discomfort or drowsiness, agitation in some form, or whether it be memories or images or feelings or thoughts that we find uncomfortable, scary or difficult in some way, or painful, just to see if we can be kind in that meeting, in that experience. We don't have to do anything with them. We don't have to push them away, but nor do we need to pick them up. Though we may sometimes have the habit of either pushing away or picking up, wanting to do something with. Here we can just say, ah, okay, this has come. But right now, the intention, the orientation is this body breathing. We come back to that again and again. So we're respectful of what arises, but we're also respectful of our choice and orientation towards simplifying, stabilizing and steadying the way we are meeting our experience. So bringing your attention into your body, (coughs) sitting here just as you are, there are three primary qualities in the posture that are supportive. It's not that you have to sit on the floor cross-legged or in the lotus position. It's fine to be sitting in a chair, to be kneeling on a bench be using cushions or not cushions on the floor. But what is important is that there's a reasonably clear sense of contact with the ground, a sense of being earthed or grounded. And in a chair that's best supported by having the feet flat on the ground. If you're sitting on the floor, so the the knees and feet are touching the ground. If you're Sitting, I don't see anyone in this case, but if your knees are sort of sticking up in the air, not on the ground, it's often useful to put a blanket or a cushion just under them in such a way as to support them so that they're contacting through that cushion or blanket a sense of firmness underneath. It gives more stability. And also then feeling one's (coughs) bottom, whether on the seat of the chair or the bench or the cushion, just feeling one's bottom pressing into the, the firmness of the whatever it is we're sitting on, the firmness of the earth that supports our body weight. And from that sense of connection with the ground, with feeling earthed or grounded, we could say, we can become aware of the upright quality of the body, certain intentionality and engagement required in being upright. It's not a, an accidental 
thing. So if you're feeling particularly drowsy or tired, it's useful to have your eyes open just a little, a little bit of light in, so you're not falling asleep. Not looking around, but maybe just softly focused on the ground in front of you, the floor in front. Otherwise, generally fine to have the eyes closed. Though if you've trained in a practice where you have your eyes open and you're used to that, that's okay. That's fine too. But then, just feeling the sense of the upright, vertical extension of your body from wherever your bottom is on the ground, the floor, the seat. Sense of rising up through the pelvis, lower back, through the torso, neck and head. A sense of the body lifting, the head lifting, as if the as if the head was light upon the shoulders. Not floating away, but nor sort of being pulled down. Just a sense of rising up or uprightness in the torso. Now what you might notice for that to be sustainable, it's important that the the pelvis is aligned reasonably could say correctly is maybe not quite the right word in a way that's sustainable what that means is that the pelvis needs to be not tipping too far forward or backwards if our pelvis is tipping backwards at the top it tends to round out the curve in the back and the body tends to tip forward or we need to work really hard to keep it upright If the pelvis is tilted too far forward at the top, we tighten up in the back, in the lower back and the spine, and it puts pressure also on the belly. So you might just like to feel what it's like just to move your pelvis a little bit forwards and backwards on the seat. Just noticing what happens. There's a place where perhaps the pelvis is tilted ever so slightly forward, but not more than that, where the lower back is holding its gentle, natural curve. And upon that, the mid and upper parts of the torso can rest. It leads to a sense of openness in the belly and steadiness in the torso. And then feeling up, there's that sense again of just uprightness through the neck. Just tuck the chin in a little bit. The chin was coming back and in, just a little, not forcing it. And what that does is elongates the the neck and lifts the the crown a little. So just feeling that, not trying to get it right, you don't have to do it perfectly. It's more just feeling into that area of your body, letting it be known. And then within that grounded and upright quality of the posture. Allowing yourself to relax, softening, so that the places of holding that we tend to unconsciously contract in or around, we might start to notice and we can begin to invite them to soften. We can't force things to let go, but we can invite that by by becoming aware of where we're holding. You may notice around your face, around the eyes, maybe around the jaw, the cheeks or the mouth. 
can be the temples, sides of the head. Just noticing where there may be a little tension and in the letting yourself feel it, inviting it to soften, but not trying to force it to do so. That just creates more tension. And likewise around the neck and the shoulders, allowing that to be felt, to be known, to be allowed to soften, so far as it can right now, so far as it does. As the shoulders gently drop, the chest can open, the breath can move, the belly softens, and the breath can flow freely in your body, just as it does. And the sense of the body sitting, breathing. is what we allow ourselves to be aware of, what we gather our attention to connect with. As a foundation for being here, this body breathing is always happening right now. Mind spins into past and future. It's busy going to that place and to this place. The body's here, right now. And we can always come back to this. It doesn't matter if we become lost or distracted. At times this will happen. But when we notice that it's happened, we can begin again. Not needing to judge or criticize ourselves if that happens, because it happens. It's natural. And yet, we have this capacity to steady, to gather, and to focus the capacity of heart and mind. And so we cultivate and develop that here by coming back to, by connecting with this body breathing experience. And just noticing where you feel it most clearly and how it is for you. To be aware of this experience. To be present with this body breathing in. Just as it does. To be present with your body breathing out. Just as you are. If you find yourself struggling with drowsiness, I'd like to offer you a particular practical response that can be very helpful. And whether or not you're experiencing drowsiness, I'd just like to invite you right now to bring your attention into your hands, wherever they may be, the palms of your hands. And then feel your whole arms. And then just lift, very slowly lift your arms up above your shoulders. Just feel what that's like. If you just do that slowly and consciously. To 
to lift your arms up. So you, this is something one can do in the meditation. It's not a, a break from the meditation per se. Just notice what happens as you do that. Holding your arms up in the air requires a little effort. That effort helps keep us awake. And lifting the arms up like this also helps open the shoulders and the neck area, which if we hold tension there easily leads to drowsiness or loss of energy to, to the brain, loss of oxygen to the brain. And if you keep them up here, you notice it requires a little more effort. You don't have to keep them up, but if you do, what you'll notice quite reliably, in fact, is that it starts to wake up the system. Now, pretty much anything can happen in meditation and all kinds of things will happen. So we don't very often give you any guarantees about what's going to be the outcome. But I will guarantee that if, you keep your, if you're holding your arms in the air, you won't fall asleep. That's for sure. It's never happened. If you put them back down, you might. So if you want to work with drowsiness at any time, just again now you can bring your arms down, feel the hands, feel the shoulders as you do it. Notice what that's like. I often find after doing this, and I've spent a lot of time doing this on retreats, that my shoulders feel more open and there's a bit more vitality available. It may or may not be your experience, but you can explore that, if it's, see if it's useful for you. And so now settling in to this practice of being mindful, being present, being awake, moment by moment. Noticing the experience of this body breathing just as it presents itself to you. If you can't at all feel the sense of breathing in your body, you may find it useful to place the soft open palm of your hand against the upper abdomen or the lower chest in the middle, just making contact with that mid-area of your torso. And that will probably give you more of a sense of the breathing rhythm and activity in your body. And if it's useful, you can employ that. But it's not required. And as you find yourself tuning in more to the experience, at some point you may find you don't need or wish to continue, and that's fine. And so we're just here right now, moment by moment, breath by breath. Again and again, coming back to this.
and remembering to just reconnect and begin again. If you find that you've become distracted or lost, coming back to this body breathing right here, just as it is. Being present with this experience, just as you are.
So just one or two minutes remaining in the sitting period. Mindful of being here, sitting, breathing, just as you are. So please take a moment if you need to just uh, adjust your bodies, you need to bring some ease to any part. Just uh, like to speak a little bit at this time about the walking meditation and uh, in a way the day as a whole. So we can tend to divide our day up into pieces and you know, like we were meditating and maybe we're not now. Which is true in one sense. But life isn't really like that and it's hard. It's actually somewhat indivisible. And so even as we listen, or for me as I'm speaking, we can still have a sense of knowing where we are and perhaps even some degree of being tuned into where and what our body where our body is and what it feels like. And so really the whole day is a field for meditation. Meditation in the sense of bringing that openness, that interest, that attentiveness to what's happening. That includes when we move our bodies to change posture and uh, when we do the various activities of the day. Without having to sort of narrow or tighten up in order to somehow be really meditative and do it right and all of that. It's more like, okay, yeah, can we just notice what's going on in the 
sitting meditation, we're essentially learning what it means to really notice what's going on. We begin by simplifying, as I said, but ultimately meditation includes everything. And in the walking meditation, we have the opportunity to explore a form of a formal meditation in which we're including quite a lot more engagement or activity because we do walking meditation while, uh, you know, seems obvious, isn't it, while walking. And while we're walking, there's quite a bit more going on. We have our eyes open because uh, it's useful when you're walking to have your eyes open so you don't walk into something or someone. And, uh, and there's the world around us that we see. The visual world tends for most of us to be one of the, well, really the primary way we configure our sense of the world and to some extent of our appearance of ourself is also a very powerful sense of who we take ourselves to be. So it's uh, sometimes useful to quieten that down a little bit by closing our eyes in the sitting. And it's helpful to engage with it when our eyes are open, as in the walking meditation and other times of the day. So in walking meditation, we give attention to the immediate experience of walking, of what it's like to be standing on the earth, this body, what that feels like. And then taking a step, and another, and another, which is what we call walking. And the way we do it is to find a place where we can walk back and forth. So we're not going for a walk or wandering sort of randomly around the grounds or through the the fields and the lanes here, but that we contain the movement within a framework, which (coughs) might be between 5 and 15 yards or 5 to 15 metres can be inside, can be outside, and we walk back and forth. And in the walking, we're not going anywhere. Obviously, we're not getting anywhere if we're just going back and forth. So it's quite, from a conventional point of view, quite pointless activity, and that's not accidental. It's actually really useful sometimes to engage wholeheartedly in something that's completely unproductive. We're not going to get better at walking or produce anything that we can show our friends. But what we can do is become more attuned, more sensitive, more in touch with what's happening and where we are and what's possible for us as we become more conscious and more awake. So we walk back and forth. We pay attention to the experience of walking. We notice that we might get distracted or become lost at times or even think, what's the point of this? I want a cup of tea. A cup of tea seems more entertaining. Might even help us stay awake, we might think. Maybe I need a cup, not just I want, I need a cup of tea. Actually, what's helpful here is to just do the walking. To not get engaged with other things. Cups of tea, tempting as they are, aren't walking meditation. And just allow ourselves to begin to land more fully. Again, it takes time. It's a process and it's a practice. So we don't get it right first time, not that there's such a thing as getting it right. We don't have to be perfect at it. But what's helpful, what's most beneficial is to give ourselves to the process and see what happens. To trust whatever it is that comes of it. Whatever it is that's revealed through it. So we get lost or distracted in the mind. Find ourselves thinking. And we just stop where we are Pause a moment. Feel what it's like to be there. 
to have arrived again and then continue walking back and forth. So if we notice that we've been drawn towards something else, see if we can just notice, oh, that's the pull towards whatever it might be. Going and checking the notice board one more time. Or just, oh, no, can I just stay with the walking? You can use the walking room. Just uh, at the end of the, of the ramp here into the hall on the, the left there. It's also accessible near the, the door, other door near the lounge around the base of the main stairs. And in the um, other rooms such as the, the dining room or the hallways that aren't main thoroughfares. So don't use the hallway between reception and the um, washing up area and the, the dining room because there's a lot of traffic in that at times. Generally slow moving traffic but traffic nonetheless. So um, good not to do walking meditation there. And I really encourage you to go outside, actually. I find it really helpful to do walking practice outside. Even if it's a little damp or cool, there are spare um, wellies and raincoats at the end of the hall past reception if you, if you need that sort of thing. And something about being in the natural world, something about being the openness and the, the freshness and the coolness it might be. And uh, hopefully you've brought some clothes for the prevailing conditions I'd like to so, so that's basically the walking meditation then we'll come back together here in half an hour for the next period of sitting at um, 10 to 11 10, 10 to 11 10.50 I'd just like now then to give a little um, experiential walking meditation instruction but just before I do does anyone have any questions with regard to the the, the meditation um, instructions and, and what we're inviting you to, to engage with here. You don't have to understand exactly what, how it's all going to work out, but in terms of how to engage with it, it's important. That's clear for you. How similar mindfulness and meditation? Are they different at all? So, uh, a question about mindfulness and meditation. If you follow the instruction, you'll get to know what we're talking about as meditation, and then at the end of the weekend, you can think about whether that's similar or different than mindfulness. But mindfulness as a word is derived directly from this trend tradition. The word that we use, sati, which means to be present, to be awake, to be mindful, is the word that's sometimes translated as mindfulness. So it comes directly out of this teaching and practice. It's a particular strand of it. There's more to this than just mindfulness. But mindfulness is essential to what this is. Okay, so what I'd like to do is just invite you all to stand up. And ideally if you have a space with just a few inches or centimetres in front of you. You don't need a lot of room here, just a little space. You might want to be to the side of your mat, but you can be on it, it's fine. Just take a moment, let your weight come into your feet. Feel what it's like to be standing, your feet relatively, <coughs> relatively straightforward and maybe shoulder-width apart, so the weight bounces <coughs> easily. If you just, just soften behind the knees so they're not locked, you feel the weight kind of drops a little more into the ground, into the feet. Sense of the contact with the earth. And just move your weight into your left foot. I'll mirror that so I appear to go the same way.
Now move your weight into your right foot. Notice what happens as the weight shifts. How the experience in the feet changes as the weight comes in to one foot as it goes out of the other. Now with the weight in the in the right foot, just moving over into the left again. As the weight comes into the left, lifting up the right and taking a small step forward, just a few centimetres, inches. Putting your foot down, moving the weight into it. As the weight comes in to the right, you can lift up the left and take a step to stand beside the right. Just noticing what that's like. The whole experience of the feet touching the ground, the weight coming into or coming out of the foot, the movement, the sense of the body as we do that. This is the practice of walking meditation. You don't have to take such a small, slow step as we just did. You might find it useful to begin walking at a more normal pace and then slowly allow yourself to slow down because there's no rush, there's nowhere to get to. You don't get more points for um, you know, going back and forth more times than anyone else. But at the same time, there's no prize for walking the slowest. It's not about how fast or how slow, but what lets you connect, what supports you to be in touch with the experience. To come back again and again. And if you get lost, distracted or feel a bit like you're not quite sure what you're doing anymore, stop, stand still. Till you feel like you've landed, arrived and connected again. And then begin walking. So the walking period begins from here. I'd invite you to not make the period of walking out of a hall a very slow walking meditation or else it takes a long time for everyone to get out. But it's begun nonetheless so we can be aware of what's happening and then we'll come back and but under half an hour for the next sitting. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.